Hey sisters, Christy here from Book Club Sisterhood. Thank you so much for checking out our podcast. This is where we share our weekly book discussions with you so you can listen while multitasking or enjoying your favorite drink and reading along with us. I hope you enjoy this discussion. Let's grow. Hey sisters, I'm Christy, one of the co-founding sisters at Book Club Sisterhood. We're starting a new book tonight. I'm very excited. It's called Love Does by Bob Goff. Um, we read his book, Everybody Always, last year. It's so, so good. He's an amazing author. I hope you guys are enjoying this book. He's hilarious. I love his stories. We're going to cover, we're going to discuss chapters one through seven tonight. And I want to start with the intro real quick, just the last little part. It's on page XIV, <laughs> also known as 14 in Roman numerals. Um, no, where I'm going to start reading is on all right, so first of all, our new little bookmark with our memory verse is Ephesians 3.17. Somebody loves it. I do. It's so pretty. I designed it, so I was like, is it fair for me to say, like, I really like it? Because, I mean, it's just pretty. I like the colors. <laughs> but anyway, so. it's Ephesians 3.17 that says, Then Christ will make his home in your heart as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong displayed what we're trying to say with love growth. God's love, keep you strong. All right, so on page 14 in Roman numerals of the intro, um, the last paragraph says, um, it becomes clear that we need to stop plotting the course and instead just land the plane on our plans to make a difference by getting to the do part of faith. That's because love is never stationary. In the end, love doesn't just keep thinking about it or keep planning for it. Simply put, love does. And I I didn't realize that's why he named this book this until I read that. And he's not just saying like, love does. It's like, love does something. Like it moves, it's a, a verb, like love does. Um, so I just like that he made that. All right, so chapter one, I'm with you. I really love Randy. Mm -hmm. like I don't know if I'd just be able to step out on my brand new spouse and go on a road trip with some guy like that is just cool and his wife is very cool for letting him just walk out but I mean when a teenager needs you they, they kind of need you right now so I'm I appreciate his willingness and his wife's willingness um so that was really cool so he just decided to leave high school and decided to go on a road trip or try to find a job um and then he didn't get a job so they came back um, and that's when he found out Randy had just gotten married. He's like, oh my gosh, like you left your wife to come on this trip for me. Um, but his thing was, you know, I'm with you. Like whatever it is, Bob, whatever we're going, whatever we're doing, I'm with you. Um, so I'm And how lucky Randy was that Bob had enough of guidance from the Lord to know that he actually did need to step up for this young man. I mean, not too many adults would just go pack a backpack say okay let's go but he, right. he he knew that that was what he was supposed to do mm -hmm. yeah that's another thing i love about the amazingness of his stories just how god guided they are and it's just like well we'll talk about it in the ryan in love chapter but i mean like he just let this kid <laughs> do all this crazy stuff um but anyway page eight um toward the bottom 
He says, I learned that faith isn't about knowing all the right stuff or obeying a list of rules. It's something more, something more costly because it involves being present and making a sacrifice. So he's just making that connection. Like, uh, perhaps that's why Jesus is sometimes called Emmanuel, God with us. I think that's what God has in mind for Jesus to be present, to just be with us. Um, and I was thinking, you know, Jesus showed up and sacrificed himself for us. You know, he did something. He didn't just come and preach and follow all the rules that the Pharisees thought he should. You know, he did something. He healed people. He died on the cross for us. I mean, that's a perfect example of how he came and he was just with us. Like, I'm with you. Love that. And then on page nine, it says, it's a brand of love that doesn't just think about good things or agree with them or talk about them. So God's love doesn't just think about loving you. He actually, like, God's love does something. Like, it moves for you. It's there for you. Hi, Erica. Welcome. Hello. Anybody else have anything to share from chapter one? I'm going to go through tonight. We got seven chapters. <laughs> got a lot of good stuff to cover. All right. Chapter two is sniper fire. So he gets shot by his friend Doug with a BB gun. Um, and then he leads him to Christ. So, I mean, all in all, good day, right? <laughs> Just a little wound, but a flesh wound. I, I don't know what's, what movie that's from, and I haven't seen it, but my husband says that quote a lot. So It's Monty Python and okay. the Holy Grail. I knew, I knew someone would know. Um, not not my, my brand of movie. But anyway, um, so on page 14, he says but I've never stopped believing in him, even though I've caught some sniper fire from religious people since then. Um, so, you know, we talked about this before, you know, the world doesn't see things like Jesus does. Um, so when we follow him, it's hard for the world to understand. It's hard for religious people to understand because it's, it's that relationship piece that they're missing. You know, it's not just following the rules. It's having that bond with him feeling him move my husband got baptized this weekend and he so did Nella Yay. but I mean Johnny the whole time he was just crying because he just felt the spirit moving the entire time we were at church like he felt it before the service even started like he was crying all throughout the service <laughs> he cried while he was baptized and it's just like he felt the spirit like he just felt in there and it was just really really neat to see him do that um and then at the bottom of page 15, he says, he said, we know the extent of our love for God by how well we love people. So I think that's a great tie-in to our prayer challenge this week. And especially today, love your friends. Um, you know, how well do you love others? Do you serve out of like, I have to serve or do you serve out of, I get to, because I've been in the place where I had to go to rehearsal. I have to go to church early. Like, oh, I have to get up early. Like, uh, but I'm getting to a place where I'm like, oh my gosh, I get to serve. Like, yay. Like, I'm so excited to be the hands and feet of God and be able to be part of a ministry. And just, I'm just excited now. Like there's just new, <laughs> I'm just excited. Um, Feels good. Anything else from that chapter, anybody? Uh, yeah, for me, back on page 10, when he was talking about uh, Doug shooting him, yeah. he says, we rarely hit what we aimed for, 
So we just called whatever we hit the target. I thought that was so poignant in thinking about how we love people. Sometimes we we don't do it well or right. I, I mean, like in the sense of what they need at that moment. But I feel like if we're even trying, then let's call that the target. Yeah, I hit the target. I, I demonstrated Jesus's love. Maybe not in the best way or the way they needed, but I think the more we do it, the more we learn how someone needs to be loved and it becomes more natural for us. But in just like learning to shoot, um, even if we don't hit the mark, we can still call it a win if we've done it with the heart of Jesus behind it. As long as you do it with Jesus' heart, I mean, you're going to bless somebody. Somebody's going to take something great away from that. So that's good. All right, chapter three. Sweet Ryan. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I just want to hug his little neck. Like the things he asks a total stranger, I cannot believe that he asks these things. So Ryan is in love and he, um, yeah, these crazy things he asked for. I'm going to go over them real quick. Um, he just came up to a random backyard and asked Bob and Maria if he could, um, if I asked my girlfriend to marry you in your backyard, like, would it be okay? Like, okay, strange person, sure. <laughs> Get married in my backyard. And then he comes up a few days later and is like, can we have dinner on your back porch before I ask her to marry me? And then on page 20, he says, can I have a few friends over to serve us while we're eating? Oh yeah, sure. No problem. How many do you think? 20 to serve two people. <laughs> like, I mean, what did they do? Like each brought out a glass and each brought out the appetizer. Like, it's just a lot of people to serve. I'm guessing a small meal. I don't know what they ate, but, um, and then he said, could you put some speakers on the porch so we can dance a little bit before I ask her? And then do you have a boat? <laughs> I mean, they live on water, so I guess there's a more, a higher likelihood that he would have a boat, maybe, because, I mean, if somebody just walked up to me, and was like, hey, do you have a boat? Why would you ask me that? But I, I assume because he's living on the water, more likely. Um, he, she's like, yeah, actually, I do. Well, can I borrow it? <laughs> sure. So then I love, I love Bob's heart, and I love, I just love him, man. I wish I could have him in my life. He's such a cool dude. I, like he let a homeless guy, we read in everybody always, he let a homeless guy just sit in his truck. <laughs> Every day he would sit in his truck and when he got out of work, he would go get back in his truck and be like, hey man, see you later. And he would get out and he would go wherever he went after Bob took his truck. But I mean, just, wow, has a big heart. Um, so he decided to one up Ryan and called the Coast Guard. I assume they had some kind of working friendship or something um, and they hatched a plan. So then, on page 24, he says he shot off, the Coast Guard shot off every water cannon he had on his entire rig after she said yes. Like, this whole thing is just so cool. And I mean, had Ryan walked up to anyone else's backyard, none of that probably would have happened. But because it was Bob and he's so cool, he was like, sure, anything, whatever. <laughs> I love that. All right, so in the last paragraph of 24, he says, I don't know if God was a little bit like Ryan when he created everything or if Ryan was a little bit like God. But what I do know 
is that Ryan's audacious love is some of the best evidence I found of the kind of love Jesus talked about. A love that never grows tired or is completely finished finding ways to fully express love. So something our pastor said on Sunday is, you know, go deeper. No matter how deep you are in your relationship with God, there's always deeper. There's always somewhere for you to go. There's always more for you to learn. Like, don't ever stop um, digging into your relationship with him. You know, God never runs out of ways to express his love for us. And I just think that's beautiful. Like, there's, there's no end to God's love. All right. You ready for chapter four? Well, no. <laughs> Let me jump in. Um, yeah, same, same page. So I love this book. I was oh racking up so much. I was crying. It, I love it. So I can't wait to read more. Anyway, on page 24, uh, when he was talking about Ryan's love, he said, and it ties into what you just said about Jesus. Mm -hmm. Ryan's love was uh, audacious. It was whimsical. It was strategic. Most of all, it was contagious. And I, when I read that, even before I got to the bottom of the page, that's exactly what I connected it with. I'm like, that's, a, that's how Jesus loved. And mm -hmm. that's how we should love. And I like that there are different flavors of it because different people require different approaches, different situations require different strategy. And, but all of it is purposeful mm -hmm. and i just i just really love that and that that word audacious oh my goodness i love that word so i mean taking bold risks like why not all right what 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 could happen and not not in a scary way but in a god's if god's involved in this yeah what what could happen and i just love that that approach yeah um in direct sales their thing is like you know just ask, what's the worst they're going to do? Say no. Okay, move on to the next. Like if somebody's not going to host a party for you, oh, well, just keep going. I mean, you'll find somebody. Um, they actually celebrate the no's in the company that I'm with. Like, they're like, hey, you got a no? Sweet. You're one no closer to a yes. I mean, <laughs> what if we just thought about that in every aspect of our life? Like, okay, well, that didn't work out. Let's see what else God has for us. Like, let's keep going. So... I have the same approach with my seniors uh, applying to colleges. Mm -hmm. So for if they're afraid to reply to like their dream college and they always say, well, what if I don't get in? And my counter is always, what if you do? So yeah, go for it. And then we actually, cause you know, me and failure. So I <laughs> forced them to there. start. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I read it. I was like, seriously, cause <laughs> I feel a pattern. I feel attacked. <laughs> but but I don't mind. Bring it on. <laughs> I want to ask you to talk about it. So I know <laughs> this was not for me. <laughs> oh my goodness. But I was just like, yeah, that's right. That I'm in I'm in the right group. Okay. So uh when they get because they'll get acceptance letters from colleges, but they get rejection ones too. And I tell them, no, I want to hear about your rejections because okay, one less you have to choose from. Uh so yeah, I love I love that that approach. Yep. All right, we'll get some more failure in a minute. Um, actually, the next chapter, chapter four, The Reach. Um, are y'all cracking up? I was cracking up. I'm like, can you just, are you like, were you painting it in your brain? And you were like, oh my gosh, that is mortifying. Like, oh, okay. So the story behind The Reach is that Bob was a waiter 
a fairly new waiter, spent all this money on a new tux, never needed a tux before. Um, so he reached out to put a plate down and he had some Mexican food that day um, and he farted. <laughs> like a long drawn out, like couldn't squeeze together tight enough fart and he got fired. So now he bought, you know, he rented a tux or like made payments on a tux. So he was still making payments on the tux, even though he didn't have a job as a waiter and then finally gave it to Goodwill. So I yeah. love how he describes the guy going to the maitre d and describing what he did. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't, I can't imagine watching that replay in front of you. Like, Oh, yep. Yep. That's pretty close to how it happened. Yep. All right, so failure is how we learn. Page 29, um, he said, the thing I love about God is he intentionally guides people into failure. He made us be born as little kids who can't walk or talk or even use a bathroom correctly. We have to be taught everything. All that learning takes time and he made us so we are dependent on him, our parents and each other. So something Rachel Hollis would talk about um, is, you know, we celebrate a baby take their first wobbly step like yeah they tried 10 times and failed but when they finally do it like we're like whoa yay like why don't we celebrate ourselves like that like as adults why don't we celebrate our you know I mean because even if they take a half a step and fall we're still like oh you're good you're good do it again do it again we don't do that for ourselves or even for our friends sometimes right you're like oh that was awful you really shouldn't have done that you know I mean ouch <laughs> How are you ever going to learn how to do something if you don't push forward through the failure? Um, and that's why I just love that he made the point, you know, you, we're, we're born not knowing how to do anything. We can't even use the bathroom on our own. Like someone else has to take care of that for us. And it makes us fully dependent on other people. So. I think it's even more important for us as women to have that approach to other women because we often are the opposite. We yeah. rejoice when other women fall flat because somehow it makes us feel better. And that's not what we should be doing. We should be lifting each other up and supporting each other and having that approach where, okay, one of our sisters messes up, like, it's okay, girl, you, you know, you're going to be okay. Uh, I, that's super important for, for women, I think. My pastor read this verse on Sunday and I can't for the life of me remember what it said, but it said, rejoice with those that are rejoicing and grieve with those that are grieving. And it's super easy to grieve with those that have experienced loss, right? Like we feel that for them. You can sit and cry with them. Like Jesus wept. And it's so easy to sit in that dark place with somebody, but as soon as somebody else gets what you've been wanting or has succeeded at something that they want, like you don't even want it. You have no, no, desire for what they just got but you're like oh man like dude that sucks like I, I didn't get what I wanted but they did like man you know why don't we rejoice with other people when they hit their mark you know like what yeah I mean it's just so sad because we could be rejoicing with them and lifting them up and boosting them and a lot of times that's people's first gut reaction is like oh man I didn't get that Okay. Well, I think what Erica said is really important because obviously being older than most of you um, throughout my entire life and my two careers, I've watched women do what Erica described and say they almost gloat 
in the fact that someone else failed or got called out in a meeting instead of, and that isn't the way God would have us be because God certainly wasn't that. And now as I think back, the people that would go up and say, okay, what can I do to help you basically succeed in what it is you're trying to do? And Mm -hmm. I think that's, that's how we need to be. And if you, that's what Bob is throughout this book. Mm-hmm. He's, he's a enabler in a good way. Yeah. Not the kind, you know, that shrinks talk about that are bad, but <laughs> I think he's a good enabler. Yeah. He enables people to grow closer to Christ, which is what we're supposed to do. Yeah. All right. At the bottom of 29, he says, failure is just part of the process. And it's not just okay, it's better than okay. God doesn't want failure to shut us down. God didn't make it a three strikes and you're out sort of thing. It's more about God helps us dust ourselves off so that we can swing for the fences again. And all of this without keeping meticulous record of our screw ups. I've said it before, that song Love Like This by Hope Darst. If you haven't heard it or listened to um, the playlist that we have, um, it's on a couple of our playlists if you get the box like um, on Spotify. Um, It's so good because part of it says, you know, he keeps giving second chances. He doesn't remember the past things that you've done wrong. As soon as you ask for forgiveness, it's gone. It's off the table. He keeps giving you a second chance. It's not, yeah. I mean, to us, it's like the millionth time we've screwed up, right? We can fail a million times, but he's still forgiving you and giving you a second chance, not a millionth chance. And that's just so, I love that. It's beautiful. I didn't get. Does anybody have their positivity pass handy? I don't. I don't think I have it on the desk. I don't have it. Okay. Anyway, it says grow. Grow through what you go through. Um. So I want to read on page thirty-eight. Second wrong can shape us or scar us. So you can either learn from your mistakes and grow through whatever you're going through. Or you can live in regret and fear of failure and just sit in what happened to you and just, you know, think about it all the time and just, what's the word I need? Eric, I need a word. <laughs> like you just sit in it and you just like stew. Marinate. And I don't... You marinate in it. Yeah, that works. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you just worry about your problems. Like who's that helping? It's not helping you for sure. Um, it's not helping anybody else. You're not doing what love's asking you to do. There you go. Sue has the card up. Grow through what you go through. And that's there. PJ has it too. Thanks, guys. Um, I, I love that saying because, I mean, you really need to learn and grow. I mean, that's one of the themes of book club, you know, like, let's grow. Let's become something better than we were yesterday. And you're not competing against each other. We're competing about who we were yesterday. That's the only thing we need to ever compare ourselves to. Is who we were before and just be better get closer to god and go deeper in your relationship with them but otherwise it just it i think maybe instead of marinate like a quicksand it's mm-hmm. quicksand and it just keeps sucking you down yeah until you can't move you can't breathe yeah you're completely you covered. guys know those people that the only thing they ever say when you say how are you oh i'm awful like this this happened and that happened like you all have somebody in your life that is like that's always negative it's never like, oh, well, I'm still like, whatever, you know, it's like, did anything good happen? <laughs> I am 
always looking for the positive. Mom, mom knows because she's probably <laughs> aggravated at what she's like, can I just be upset for a second? I'm like, no, what can we learn from this? <laughs> what positive thing can you pull out of this? I do it to my kids too. So she's annoying. Yeah, I agree. Now she lives with me, so she's really stuck with it. I like to put my positive pa positivity passes on my refrigerator. So I've got yeah. both of them that I've, you know, saved and it's like when I go, which you go to your refrigerator a lot, I mm -hmm. read it again and it kind of picks me up. Good. You know, last month's be be you, be kind, be free. I really resonated with that <laughs> one. Yeah. Yeah. I struggled with that one. So that must be you must be why I had to figure that out really hard because you needed that. <laughs> I don't know. Could All be. right. So chapter five, the rear view mirror. Bob gets dumped, poor Bob. And then he goes chasing after her, which, <laughs> dude, take a hint. But anyway, because um, she has somebody else that she's dating. So on the bottom of page 35 into 36, he says, what we want, when we want something that bad, it's easy to mistake what we truly need for the thing we really want. So what we want versus God knows we need. Um, but we don't know what we need yet because we can't, he says in here, you know, it's just around another bend, which made me think of Pocahontas. Did y'all sing that <laughs> in your head? <laughs> just around the river bend. <laughs> um, probably not what he meant, but anyway. Um, you know, God knows everything. So we just need to have faith that God knows what's best. It may not be what we want, but it's what's best for us. It's hard when you can't see the whole picture, but I think it would terrify us if we did see the whole picture. <laughs> I don't know that I'd want to see that far into the future. It's scary. All right, so on page 36 in the middle, he says, if I was ever successful, I wouldn't have experienced love in the unique way that I have. And if you guys have ever seen Bob and Maria, I mean, the simple fact that every time he writes her name in any book, probably he's ever written is Sweet Maria every single time. If you guys remember in, in Everybody Always, every time her name is mentioned, it's sweet Maria. Like how precious is that? Um, but if he had never given up on the thing that was done, he wouldn't have ever get, gotten to experience his love for Maria. And that just makes me think like, I graduated college at 22 and I was ready. I was ready for a husband. I was ready for a baby. Like, let's go. I got my career started. Let's do this. Do you know how old I was when I met my husband? 29, longest seven years of my life. <laughs> and I was thinking about that, you know, on the way home earlier, I told mom, I said, you know, God likes to have that number seven. And I just realized in the car that like, I was 22 when I was ready. It was 29 when God was ready. So apparently I just had a seven year waiting period before I met the man that God had for me. Now I dated a couple other guys, but they were definitely not <laughs> the men that God had for me. Thankfully. Yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely glad I waited. Um, I was so impatient, but I wouldn't give up those seven years of single life for anything. Now having my life I have now because I love my life. I have never been this happy. So I wouldn't give that up for a million years. $4 million. Either way. All right. Anything else from chapter five? So let's go buy some books. What? Sorry. 
Go ahead. I like the I like the ending when he says we're all a little like human origami, and the more creases we have, the better. I yeah. loved that mm-hmm. metaphor. I thought, oh, origami is cool. I can't do it, but I like to look at it, and it's yeah, it's fascinating how many different things you can make out of a tiny little piece of paper. And yeah. I just loved that metaphor for who we could be in God's hands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The more smudges and cracks we have, the better, right? I mean, scars tell a story. What was that shirt? I, ha- I had a shirt a while back. It was like, tattoos are like scars. No, scars are like tattoos, but with better stories. <laughs> so, I mean, where is that? I have this little scar in my wrist right here. You probably can't see it, but I reached into the cat carrier to get my cat out and it like scratched me and I'm always going to forever remember what happened. Um, and then I have a big scar here on my arm. Apparently I like to hurt my arm here, but I was going into the bathroom stall at a movie theater and it like the lock thing that sticks out to like the latch that goes in, it scratched my arm and I sat in the movie theater bathroom, like with toilet paper on my arm trying to stop the bleeding. Never going to remember that either. So scars have really good stories. And what me thinking when you were on that swing set? I, I can't put a ring on this finger because when I was a kid, we would swing as high as we could and like touch the, the monkey bars on the side of the swing. Um, and there were screws sticking up from where the set got stuck together. I had a ring on this finger and I got like hung there from my ring for a few minutes before I could get down. So I really can't wear a ring on this finger because like, I don't know. I don't know if my knuckles just gonna be forever swollen or like, I don't know. It's, it's definitely bigger than this one. And I, yeah fun story. <laughs> but I mean, that's what makes you who you are. And my husband now has a giant zipper on his chest. They call it the zipper scar. But I mean, think of all the people he can affect with that. What kind of stories he can tell. Kind of testimony he has. And, yeah. What, I mean, just like the infection is like that he had after the surgery, you know, there's a story in that. I mean, he was suffering, he was in pain, but he has that experience to carry with him. So when maybe excuse me, he's visiting a family member or a friend or a church member at the hospital. He's like, bam, I've been where you are. Like, I know how you feel. Like, I know how you feel. I've been there. You know, I mean, that's just beautiful because he did make it through. He's healthy now. So we can rejoice in that. But then going forward, like he has such a huge testimony. I think that's beautiful. One the saying I, I always like to, to say about scars is that, uh, that, that scars are beautiful because they mean that you were stronger than what hurt you. Yeah. And that when every time I like think of that saying, um, I remember I'm reminded that Jesus has scars as well. Mm-hmm. And his scars tell a tale for all of us too. The one thing that I always uh, also try to keep in mind for myself is not all scars are visible. And that kind of goes back to us paying attention to each other and being present and seeing each other so that the love we we give each other is you know can can cover even scars you can't see the the pain that can't be seen right that's why with the prayer challenge like I want you guys to go actively ask other people what they need because it might surprise it surprised me that people actually came back and they were like yeah you know what I do need prayer like I messaged several several people today and most of them were like, yeah, I really like, could you pray for this for me? That would be awesome. But without me asking, they never would have told me that. So that's why I wanted to use this prayer challenge to encourage you to go ask people what they need. 
because we don't, I, I live in the same house with her. That doesn't mean that I know what she needs. And Nella, you know, I don't always know what's most important to her and what she really needs for prayer for. She might not open up unless I ask. So do love does, right? <laughs> so let's go actively pursue our friends and family and see tomorrow's going to be hard guys. Not going to lie. I'll talk to you about the end. <laughs> Chapter six, go buy your books. Dude is persistent. <laughs> Props to Bob. He is some, oh, I can't believe he sat there for like, what it was almost two weeks straight. He just sat there and finally the guy was like, okay, get out of my office, go buy your books. <laughs> but he was super sweet about it. He was like, okay, I got you, go get your books. Um, but even more cool than that, I thought the fact that he now actively that he can say, go buy your books too. Yeah, he has other he's, people he can do that for. Just amazing, yes. And I mean, he's an ambassador for Uganda and that probably wouldn't have happened had he not been a lawyer. So think of all the people we talked about in Everybody Always, like he, he saved so many people in Uganda. I mean, prisoners that were on you know, death row and didn't have a fighting chance. Like he went in and brought Jesus to them. And if he hadn't have been a lawyer, if that Dean hadn't done what he did, can you imagine how many people would have gone to hell? It's just, it's amazing how one man's actions can affect, like, I'm not going to go fully into this because it could take an entire book discussion, but I had a little bit of a revelation in the car driving. I swear God speaks to me apparently. Um, but like God orchestrates our entire lives. We all affect each other. We all work together. It's like life is a symphony. God is the conductor. The sheet music is the Bible and we're all the instruments and we all play different things. We all have different sounds. Some of us rise up when others need to be quiet and vice versa. I'm like, I have so much I could go into with this that God revealed to me. And it's just, I'm not sure what to do with it yet, but he orchestrates this and, and just this life. We're so woven together because what if Lisa and I had never started this group? You guys wouldn't be friends with us right now. And I wouldn't have the blessing of having you here to talk to and come up with these revelations that we share with each other. It's, it's amazing. You know, we wouldn't be doing a prayer challenge that I, I'm praying that it, it reaches a lot of people. Not for book club, not for me, but for God to move. And that's the most important thing. Like I, I can't think of anything better than to give God the opportunity to move in others' lives. So that's, that's my rule. I'm, I'm hyped for this prayer challenge, guys. It's only day two. It's going to get worse. Okay. All so, right. Well, another thought really quick, too, yeah. about the dean finally telling him, go get the books. We never know. Okay, let me say this. We don't know what the dean was thinking. He could have been sick yeah. of seeing Bob. And he <laughs> could have been thinking, yeah, go buy your books. Thanks for the money because you're going to flunk out. Yeah. So whatever, it's your time. He could have had a totally negative, um, bad attitude about it. But just like in the story of, of Joseph being sold into slavery, when he told his brothers what you meant for evil, God used for good. So mm -hmm. it yes. does, I mean, uh, yeah. And what's, what's interesting to me too, is, uh, so Bob talks about trying to find his, his niche and, you know, he was going to be 
forest ranger, then surfer. And he decides I'm going to be a lawyer now. Um, it, this would, it, he wouldn't have gone where he went. Like you said, like with the Uganda, et cetera, if that wasn't where God wanted, you know, wanted him to be. And so again, this Dean who could have just been totally sick of seeing him and totally negative feelings toward it. God is like, I'll use that. It doesn't matter because I'm all over this. Yep. Absolutely. I really shouldn't drink carbonated drinks. <laughs> I have LaCroix. Um, so it's just water. But anyway. Well, at least it's not Mexican food. <laughs> no, we had, well, actually, we had tacos for dinner, but I didn't go too hard. We didn't have any beans. We're good. I also don't plan on serving tables at a hoity-toity restaurant. Anyways, okay. Page 45. Maybe there are times when we think a door has been closed and instead of misinterpreting the circumstances, God wants us to kick it down or perhaps just sit outside of it long enough until somebody tells us we can come in. So I think that you just have to follow God's direction. If you think the door is closed, like, I mean, I started something, I, I put a spark of something into motion. God did it, but about 18 months ago, and it's, it's finally coming to fruition. And I, I really didn't push it that much. Like I kept talking to somebody at church. I'm like, so do you think maybe like, I don't know. Um, but I mean, I didn't like kick down the door, but I mean, just waited patiently and it, it just takes time. The, the things that needed to happen weren't in place and there's no way it would have worked 18 months ago. Like if I had pushed it, that's not what God wanted. Like he was telling me to wait and that's okay. I hate well, that answer, but it's okay. <laughs> he knows what's coming. You yeah. don't. So yeah, know. I had no idea what was coming last year. Obviously <laughs> not just COVID. We had a complete change in leadership at our church. My husband had open heart surgery and is now an active part of the church. Like Never thought any of that was going to happen, right? I don't think any of us expected anything in 2020 to happen, but. Um. So there's a, there's this meme I love uh, mm -hmm. about, when you're talking about doors and it says, you know, when, when one door closes, um, you know, uh, find, like go through the window yeah. or, or you could just open the door. That's how doors work. <laughs> so I love that because yeah. like you said, okay, they slam the, you know, the door gets slammed in your face, but no, I'm supposed to go through this door. So I'm just going to open it back up and I'm going to yep. keep opening it just like he did. I'm going to sit here until you let me in. I'm going to keep opening that door until you let me walk through it because I'm going through this door. Yeah. God is sending me through this door. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's the most important thing because sometimes when a door closes, it does close for a reason and you need to let it go. But you have to trust God's guidance through that because, you know, you have to listen to his voice to, to discern what's right. So, because sometimes God closes the door and is like, uh-uh, not yet. Exactly. Just chill. Yep. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. so chapter seven, sweet Maria, this is where we see Bob be a stalker with his peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. <laughs> his ginormous valentine's day card eight feet tall that is some kind of that is some kind of dedication um so yeah and his wife is so sweet if you he did a few lives with her at the beginning of covid like they oh puppy <laughs> erica's puppy all right um 
So, squirrel, except it was a dog. Sorry. That was, uh, <laughs> that was Daisy. Aw, yeah. cute. Um, so I love on 50 to 51, may not have anything important, but it's funny. Um, he's talking about, you know, I sensed Maria was either overcome with pity or was actually starting to like me. So probably, on page 50, I don't know if I said that. Um, she probably also intuited, mm -hmm. so, okay, intuited that if she married anyone else, I'd likely live under her house just to be near her. She must have decided liking me back would be less complicated. <laughs> Oh, that's creepy. <laughs> like, oh, okay, I guess I'll like you, but you're going to be around anyway, so I might as well just let it happen. You're not going to leave me alone. He, he makes her put up with some stuff. I don't know if you guys remember everybody always, but he just kept, like, selling the house and buying another one and selling the house and buying another one. She's like, okay, here we go. <laughs> I would like to hear, actually, she wrote a book, and I might be something that happens um for book club but i i would love to hear her side of the stories on this so maybe maybe that's what her book's about and we can dig into that um I'm in the middle of the does when you go after something you love you'll do anything it takes to get it even if it costs everything and that's how i want to pursue god i don't want to let the world get in the way and I ask daily for guidance to follow him with my whole heart. And that's why I chose the world word follow for 2021, because I just want to relentlessly, um, what does he say? Blindly, blindly unflinchingly, oh, and without end, I want to pursue God. I want to make that my life's mission, my year's mission to follow him where he leads me. What did I say the other day? What was my word? Focus? I don't remember what it was. Anything? I don't usually. It was a conversation we were having, and I said maybe I should use that word for the year. And I, yeah. but I can't remember the words. So that that helped. Yeah. All right. Anything else anybody wants to share? Forty-five minutes. What? <laughs> How do we do that? You guys have any? What's prayer happening tomorrow? Oh, it's tomorrow for the prayer challenge. No, no. You said tomorrow was the big day. You were worried about it or? Oh, no. I said um, that I don't know that you guys are going to like the topic for tomorrow's prayer challenge. Ah. It's going to be a hard one. We're going to love our enemies. Biblical. I can find the verse. Because. That's, that's a tough one. Who was that? <laughs> hard and I, I I felt led to make that something that we talk about. Hold on. Okay, I can't hear you. Okay, sorry, hold on. Right there. Oh, okay. He says the Bible says in Matthew 5 44, but I say love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Um by enemies I feel like you know anyone that's talking behind your back, anybody that's um wants ill for you or is against you in any way. I mean, he said it in the Bible, so we have to do it, right? <laughs> it's hard. It's, it's, it's hard for me too, but I think that we need to concentrate on that tomorrow and just make that our prayer tomorrow. Pray for someone who's, who's not super loving toward you or not very kind because hurt people hurt people. And maybe they need some prayer. Maybe they're hurting inside and maybe 
they're upset with something going on in their life and they're taking it out on you. Maybe they need some prayer. Maybe if you're on speaking terms with them, you could ask them what they need prayer for. Maybe that's the first step in healing that relationship. So, sorry. It gets better after that. Well, <laughs> it's just like a little punch in the gut, but. <laughs> but it's, a, it's important because um, like you said, Jesus didn't just tell us to do it. He did it himself. He prayed from the cross for the people that literally put him there while they were standing in front of him. So if we refuse to do the same, then what, who are we? What are we doing? So God forgive them. They know not what they do. I wrote that in my post for tomorrow too. So quick off. <laughs> we're thinking. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Any prayer requests you guys want to shout out here? Normal, normal unspoken. Okay. I'm I know that I didn't want to stop reading. I know it's hard. I had to make myself stop. <laughs> you don't have to stop. You can keep going. We're just not going to discuss it. <laughs> oh, because then I would have to read it again because I will forget. Yeah. Nella, do you want to share something? Yeah, I want to pray for about the family because of the mother passed away. Mm -hmm. We were and praying for Charlotte who had COVID last week and she passed away. Oh, definitely sorry. Need to pray for their family. And for Nella, because she's feeling really bad. She is. She's sad. That's hard. It was her friend. She's friends with Charlotte and her daughter, Barbara. So mm -hmm. anything else? We blame for Michelle uh, Kewen that she oh, lost yeah. her mom. One of the members of our church um, lost her mom, I believe, was it last week? I think so. I think yeah. sometime last week. I, I don't think she had COVID. No, she had Alzheimer's or dementia. Um, had been in a nursing home for a while and then ended up having to go to the hospital and uh, she didn't make it. Uh oh. Yeah. She told me today she's exhausted. So, all right. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you so much for this group. Thank you for this book. Um, Bob is such a talented author and we're so thankful that we get the opportunity to read this book. Thank you for the women in this group. Thank you for allowing us to come together and meet together and learn more about you and how we can go deeper with our relationship with you, God. Help us to actively pursue you and, and love others the way that you've asked us to, no matter what our relationship is with them. God, just help us to, to dig deeper and, you know, love harder than we've ever loved before. Lord, I just want to pray for Erica and her unspoken request. Lord, I want to pray for Charlotte's family. Um, please give them peace as they go through this difficult time. Please help Michelle. She's also grieving. She's going through this tough time. Lord, just come beside her and help her to, to heal. And God, we just ask that you cover our enemies with love. Help us to cover our enemies with love. Help us to ask our family and friends what they need so that we can provide for them better. Lord, help us to just, just give us a heart for others. Help us to see that they're more important than we are, God. And we want to just pour out your love onto them. We thank you so much for giving us your love so that we can share it with others. Lord, I pray that you just help us through this week, help us to do what you've asked us to do and just to move 
and not have the intention of moving, but actually go forth and follow you and do what you've asked us to do, God. Thank you so much again for this group. All in your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Can't thank him enough for you guys. I keep saying thank you. But all right, guys. I love you all. Have a love great week. You. Have a good week, everyone. Next Tuesday. Good week. Good night. Chapters. Bye. Oh, sorry. Chapters eight through sixteen. Sounds like a lot, but they're not that long. <laughs> and they're fun. So like you're gonna get to the end, you're like, man, I'm done. Right? I love the book. I don't mind leaving it. Yeah, it's really good. All right. Good night, guys. Love you. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of BCS Podcast. We hope you found what you needed in this week's episode and that it blessed you. If you would like to chat more, please join our Facebook group, Book Club Sisterhood. And if you would like to subscribe to our box, go to bookclubsisterhood.com. We can't wait to hang out with you again next week. Have a great week, sisters.